Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to Extreme EvoCast, an all-purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, trivia, and everything related to Pokemon. Happy Halloween. Well, potentially happy Halloween. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this on the day of release, it's the day before Halloween, but hopefully, you know, uh, maybe maybe you're busy on Wednesday and, you know, you don't have time uh, and you end up listening to it on Halloween. In that case, happy Halloween. Um... I think I said last episode that that the episode before was um, the episode that was going to be playing before Halloween, and I was wrong. I totally didn't uh, didn't you know didn't think that that I didn't realize that this episode was actually going to be happening the day before Halloween, which I'm very thankful for because I was excited to do something for Halloween. Um, so that's what that's what this episode is. So welcome everybody. Um, I hope you're all having a great October, a great Halloween season, I suppose. I <laughs> uh, hope you go out trick-or-treating for anyone who still goes trick-or-treating. I am gonna, probably going to go trick-or-treating, hopefully. Uh, I have a big Halloween party planned, but uh, we have a Halloween-themed, or spooky, I should say, topic uh, for today's episode. Um, but first, of course, we're going to get into the news segment, uh, and for the pretty much the first time on Extreme EvoCast... Uh, no Pokemon Go news? No, I lied. There's one Pokemon Go news, which we will talk about first, which is that the Colossal Discovery uh, Pokemon Go event that I talked about last time is now available. Um, it, it's the like the special research where you could uh, where you could find you could have a, the, the quest thing that gives you Regigigas and, you know, has gives you like limited access to like certain Pokemon if you, if you want to know more about it, you can either look on Cerebi or listen to last week's episode, if you or last, you know, last episode if you haven't already. But a little bit of breath of fresh air. Uh, that is the only Pokemon Go news that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> uh, you know, like I always say, Pokemon Go is pretty much the prominent thing we talk about on Extreme Evilcast, but not today. Uh, so, um, I have some sad news actually two very very sad news um first of all is that pokemon duel uh something that i've talked about very briefly in the past uh and a game that i actually really really enjoy playing is going down it's not uh it's not going to be available anymore it's either not going to be available anymore or it's not available anymore at at the time of this episode i'm not 100 percent sure but pokemon duel is uh ending and that is sad because I really, really like that game. And I don't really know why they're not, you know, maybe they're not making a profit. Maybe they're just like not, maybe they don't want to work on it anymore. Who knows? Uh, but Pokemon Duel, the iPhone game, board game style, almost like chess Pokemon game uh, is going down, which is sad because I really, really enjoy that game. And I've also spent quite a lot of money on that game. So I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm upset, you know, it's a fun game. It seems, seems kind of unnecessary, but like I said, maybe they're not you know, making a profit, maybe they're, maybe they're losing inspiration, who knows. Though on the bright side, we have some new information about uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Maybe not new information, but new uh, screenshots for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, I'm looking at them right now. You can find them on Cerebi, which, like I say, pretty much every episode, uh, this is where I'm getting most of my information from, is Cerebi. Uh, but the, the, I'm getting the screenshots from here. Uh, it seems like the the two screenshots that they that, that they released, the new screenshots that we have, are three trainers. Uh, looks like they're getting ready to do a raid battle. 
They're, and all three of them are wearing Pokemon Quest t-shirts. I wonder why. They're all wearing Pokemon Quest t-shirts. All three of them. Like, it's just like the design for Pokemon Quest on the shirt. And they're doing a raid, they're doing like a raid, a raid boss. Uh, and next, or a, uh, not a raid boss, a, you know, a, um, Dynamax raid boss, I guess. Um, similarly, there's a screenshot of two trainers, uh, battling, where it seems like both of the trainers are also wearing Pokemon Quest t-shirts, which is interesting. Why? I don't know why all of the trainers in the new screenshots are wearing Pokemon Quest t-shirts. Maybe they're just showing them off or maybe it's hinting at something. Pokemon Quest 2, Pokemon Quest DLC, who knows? Pokemon Quest is a great game. I want to talk, I want to, I want to have an entire episode where I talk about Pokemon Quest because Pokemon Quest is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, it's really, really fun. If you have, like I said, I've said this before, if you haven't played Pokemon Quest, go download it. It's free. It's on iPhone and on Switch. It's very, very, very fun. Super, super fun. Uh, but they're wearing Pokemon Quest t-shirts um, and they are, it looks like they're about to battle because there's like the trainer card. It's like a trainer card and it says versus in between them and there's another trainer card for the other trainer. It seems like there's customizable trainer like backgrounds because there's like, the first one is a, is a, is a girl trainer and she's in like a pose. She's holding her backpack straps and there's like a city behind her. And then it's a, and then um, next to her is a, a male trainer who's looking very happy, very pumped up. But the background, a different pose than, than the girl and the background is different. So maybe you can customize your trainer appearance, like not appearance, but like your like background when you when you start a battle or like, you know, start similar things like that. Maybe when you trade or when you battle something like that, you can you can customize it. You can have different, um, you know, backgrounds and, and trainer profile pictures, I suppose this is a good word for it. That's interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see what that uh, what that entails for the future. Uh, Pokemon Masters is getting a new uh, sync pair. Um, there was like a who's that sync pair with a silhouette, like a who's that Pokemon callback. Um, and it has been revealed to be Caitlyn and Reuniclus, which is exciting. Uh, I mean, maybe not exciting, not exciting for me <laughs> because I don't play Pokemon Masters, uh, but it's Caitlyn and Reuniclus. I don't really know anything about Pokemon Masters, but I thought I would say that just because. I mean, I have no doubt that a lot of people uh, listening to this probably play Pokemon Masters. So I, I try to keep update on Pokemon Masters news, but I'm not really a huge fan of it. So I don't know how in depth I'm going to be able to talk about it, but I'll try my hardest. Um, coming an end to the news. Uh, not a lot of news today. Not, not, a, not, really, not a lot has really happened all that much. Um, there is uh, the shiny Solgaleo and shiny Lunala event that I talked about last time and the time before uh, are coming to new places. Um, they are coming to Australia. Uh, it says there have been reports that you can receive the code at the Pokemon at for the Pokemon at at Tills and EB Games. Uh, at present, it's unclear when the event will end. Uh, and also, similarly. Um, the Shiny Sorgaleo and Shiny Lunala event has been announced for Japan uh, as, part of an, as part of a campaign which runs through Saturday, October 20, 26th through Saturday, November 9th. You'll be able to get a Shiny Sorgaleo or Lunala code if you have spent over 700 yen, which is $7 US dollars, I believe, 
and use the special 7Net app. Within 20, 24 hours, you'll get a choice on whether or not to apply for the Sorgolio Lunala code or a Nanako code. The codes will be then distributed via lottery, but there are 2 million codes to give out. Interesting. That's a very interesting way of doing it. Uh, so if you are listening to this and you live in um, <laughs> Japan uh, you can or Australia, you can get yourself a shiny Sorgolio and shiny Lunala. Maybe. Seems like you, like you do it and you enter the lottery to get one, which is very, very interesting. Um, next up is, actually, I lied. There is one more thing about Pokemon Go. Um, it says, Niantic has announced a special Willow Report feature in their promotion of Pokemon Go covering the Team Go Rocket section. Today's element includes mystery components. Mysterious components, items that Team Go Rocket used to take over Pokestops. At present, it's not clear what elements these components will control in the game itself. So it's kind of like a, and like a like a like a showcase of like something coming up soon. So I'm teasing at something to come up soon. Um, I believe that has something to do with the, like the Team Rocket radar. Um, that can like allow you to f- um, focus on or you know like find, um, Team Rocket Pokestops. One second, I'm gonna look at the Pokemon Go Twitter, see if I missed anything. Um, oh, you can get Litwicat. Oh. Interesting. There's another Willow report here. A shadowy Sierra, which happened yesterday. While saving eggs from Team Go Rocket, Spark meets face-to-face with Team Go Rocket leader Sierra. Hello. Oh, yeah, here was the, um, here was the mysterious components. I'll read, actually, I'll read them out loud. Uh, and there's also the radar prototype, and there's another Team Go rocket post, and then there's one, the Sierra one. Here, I'll read all four of them. Um, so it says, uh, Willow report. Professor Willow has kept the detailed log of his research concerning Team Co rocket. He shared this log with us in hopes we can support him and the team leaders when it comes to this threat. We've prepared his report for you below and will continue to update as he shares more of his findings. I apologize for not seeing this earlier. I would have covered this uh, before. Actually, it happened before. Actually, this this happened um, this happened after last episode. So this is all new for me. Um, this is all new for this episode, I mean. Um, so this is on the 22nd. It says, Mysterious Components. This is the one we just talked about. During my investigations of these takeovers, I came across these strange objects that Team Go Rocket Grunts will drop upon being defeated in battle. For the sake of the report, I will refer to, the, refer to them as mysterious components. The exteriors of these objects seem to be made of some kind of metal alloy, and they're cold to the touch. The glass screens radiate a light purple color. I touched the screen of one of the objects to see if it would react, but nothing happened. I had a hunch that the Team Go Rocket Grunts were using some sort of device to take over Pokestops and collect resources. Based on what I know so far, these mysterious components I've found seem to be able to serve that purpose. But considering how advanced the technology is, there must be some other use for it. I've been working on something in my lab to help with the team leaders, and I think we might be able to use these components to track down where Team Go Rocket is hiding. I need to continue my research. We must get to the bottom of this. <laughs> uh, so that was on the 22nd, and this is on the 24th. It says, Early Rocket Radar Prototype. This is what I was talking about, the, the rocket radar. I remember seeing this on, on Twitter. We're getting closer to finding another use for the mysterious components. I've been, de- I've been developing a prototype for something. I call the rocket radar by combining several of the components together, but it's still not functioning as intended. 
I believe if I can create a functioning prototype of this rocket radar, we might be able to use the Team Go rocket's own technology to find out where their hideouts are. While it's relatively easy to find Team Go rocket grunts, the Pokestops they hack become noticeably discolored and have a glitch-like appearance. We've had a difficult time finding where the Team Go rocket leaders or even Giovanni are hiding. These mysterious components hold the key to making this rocket radar work. I know we can uncover where the Team Go rocket higher-ups are hiding. I need to rally our team leaders to dig further into this. Nice. Uh, and this is on the 26th. It says, Willow Report, the first of many cliffhangers. We had our first encounter with a Team Go rocket leader today. Testing needed to be done on the radar rocket prototype. Rocket radar prototype. Blanche has been an integral part of this development, so naturally I included the team Mystic Leader to assist. We set out in hopes of testing its tracking abilities, but the prototype kept malfunctioning, causing us to be led aimlessly to random Pokestops. Blanche became visibly upset, which tends to happen when things don't go to their carefully curated plans. This was when something unexpected happens. Instead of us finding a Team Go Rocket Leader, one of them found us. A muscular man with a, with a distinct Pokeball... Pokeball beard design approached us. Cliff, just as he appeared in the corrupted files of my computer. His first words were a warning that we were encroaching on Team Go Rocket territory. His demeanor was just as stern and as, and as intimidating as his photo. He was reluctant to battle us, and told us to retreat in a surprisingly gentle tone. It was clear that this would be the only kindness he'd show to us, and not stand down if challenged to a battle. Blanche stood frozen. I made the decision for both of us to head back. We were not prepared for a face-off. Back safely in the lab, Blanche confirmed my assumptions. It was difficult to determine the best course of action during our encounter with Cliff. Compounded with the frustration of the prototype malfunctioning, it was clear that Blanche needed some time to reassess the situation at hand. We need to be cautious. It seems like we aren't the only ones scouting out on the situation. Wow. This, this is like, this is, I'm invested in this. <laughs> this is like a story. I really like, I need to keep more, better track of this. Uh, there's one more here. It says, Willow Report. A shadowy Sierra. Work continues to move forward on tracking Team Go Rocket. I've observed, I've observed Blanche having a renewed sense of motivation as we improved upon the rocket radar prototype. Unfortunately, we had some unexpected testing for our rambunctious Team Instinct Leader, Spark. After his unauthorized testing and a bit of reprimanding, Spark shared with me yet another unexpected encounter. He had ventured out on his own with the malfunctioning rocket radar that Blanche had been working on. He was concerned that since Team Go Rocket was stealing from Pokestops, that meant they were also taking the eggs as well. Worried that they might hatch the eggs and turn those Pokemon into Shadow Pokemon too, he was, he, so he was determined to save as many eggs as he could before Team Go Rocket got to them. Even more concerning, he confirmed that he had a face-to-face -face, he had a face-to-face -face with the woman in the decrypted images, Sierra. He told me that he saved a few eggs. After he saved a few eggs, Sierra appeared and mocked his rescue mission, which only riled Spark up further. He challenged her to a battle. However, his impulsiveness had gotten the best of him. His natural instinct to go out and protect the eggs also left him completely unprepared to battle. Sierra noticed he had no Pokeballs and dismissed Spark's challenge, saying not to waste her time as she disappeared into the shadows. Spark told me that Sierra, Sierra's presence seemed different from the grunts he'd encountered. He wasn't intimidated by Team Go Rocket grunts, but he felt small in Sierra's presence. The way she spoke and moved gave off a sense that she had years of experience and training that outmatched his own. It appears if Team Go Rocket had some formidable leaders after all. Spark returned the rocket radar, which was still malfunctioning after Blanche's adjustments. Blanche was obviously not amused by the adventures of a fellow team leader. 
but realized his use of the prototype provided additional insights into what could be causing the malfunction. The two began working together to find the source of the issue. Since our team leaders have unique strengths and weaknesses, I believe collaboration will be the key to our success. Professor Willow. Wow, this is interesting. <laughs> uh, this is more of a story than I ever expected it to be. <laughs> I like it. I'm excited to see what happens soon. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm surprised that the, like the the investment that we're getting into the Team Go Rocket stuff, like the like the different like you know members and the leader Sierra, not like Giovanni. I'm sure Giovanni will take a you know uh, have a have a place at some point, but like we're getting like actual characters and like actual story. I really like it. I'm I mean I'm totally for that. It's very very it's exciting. I'm excited to see what kind of features this brings in the future. I'm sure it'll be like some sort of like boss battles. You know, we fight the team leaders and we get rewards, maybe like a special research task or something other than that. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, moving on from that, um, there's also a shiny Tabu Coco event coming soon. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Tabu Coco. Actually, I don't know if it's coming soon. I think it's already going on, if I remember correctly. Uh, oh, yeah, it says here. Uh, for those of you who have participated in the recent Ultra Final Online competition, oh, an entry gift is now available to all qualifying players through this leak after logging into the global link. The gift is a shiny Tapu Coco. The first time it has been available as shiny with any nature other than Timid, which comes at level 60 with the moves Nature's Madness, Thunderbolt, Dazzling Gleam, and Volt Switch, and holds an electric seat and can be redeemed until November 28th. Okay, so the who so anyone who participated in the ultra final online competition, uh, you can get a shiny Tapu Coco, which is good. I really really like a uh, shiny Tapu Coco. Sweet. And uh, I believe this explains the uh, the Pokemon Quest uniform, or the Pokemon Quest T-shirt. Uh, it says here in Japan. People who pre-order the game from select retailers have been given access to Secret Member Club. That's a Pokemon Sword and Shield. So far, for member membership milestones, distributions of a shiny Necrozma for Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon and a shiny Krabby for Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee have already happened. Today, it is announced that from November 1st, 2019, members of the club will be able to get a serial code to, to redeem a special Pokemon Quest-style t-shirt for Pokemon Sword and Shield which can be redeemed from November 15th to February 3rd. T-shirt may also be distributed at a later date. It's present if it's unclear if the T-shirt will make it to the West, but we'll provide all details as when they come. So be sure to keep checking back. That was, a, this is from Cerebi. Uh So I will keep you guys updated on the <laughs> Pokemon Quest T-shirt mystery that's going on. Uh, but that explains uh, the... That explains the Pokemon Quest t-shirt. I didn't see that before. I really hope it comes to the West because I really like Pokemon Quest. That rhymed. And I want I want that t-shirt. It's very cute. It's very nice. I'm excited uh, to see if it comes. Uh, and finally, uh, for the uh, last bit of the news, um, there's a new app. Uh, it, is, uh, it is live on the Google Play Store for Pixel 4 users. Uh, and it's called Pokemon Wave Hello. Uh, it says this small app has you able to interact with Pikachu, Eevee, Grookey, Scorbunny, and Sobble with Jerry's gestures in the mobile. So you can you can interact with uh, with your favorite Sword and Shield Pokemon, and also Pikachu and Eevee, of course. 
Cool. Uh, I'm surprised I didn't hear about the port, but it's only available for Pixel 4 users, which is upsetting because I kind of wanted to, kind of wanted to get out of that. Anyway, that is going to do it for the spooky uh, news, and we are going to hop into our uh, first segment of the episode, uh, which is everybody's favorite segment, where we talk about a random Pokemon every episode, random Pokemon of the week, uh, and fittingly, kind of, I guess, I mean, kind of a spooky Pokemon, uh, you know, for, for the Halloween season, for the October season, is a Gothitelle. Um, so Gothitelle is a Psychic-type Pokemon, introduced in Generation 5. Uh, it evolves from Gotharita starting level 40, 41, and is the final form of Gothita. It is a Psychic-type. Uh, its abilities are Frisk or Competitive. Uh, its hidden ability is Shadow Tag. It has a 25% male, 75% female uh, gender ratio. It is 4'11", which is a lot shorter than I actually thought. I thought it was very, very tall. But, I mean, I mean 4'11 is still pretty tall, but that's, like, a foot shorter than me. Um, one, it is, that's also, uh, 1.5 meters and it is 70, 97 pounds or 44 kilograms. So I got the tell, uh, is also number, uh, 576. So looking at the trivia for got the tell, uh, got the tell, there is no trivia. It seems the trivia section is completely blank for got the tell. Yep, there's no there's no trivia for Gothitelle. I like Gothitelle. Before we get into more of the intricacies of Gothitelle, I really like it. You know, uh, we went over Gen 5 the other day with my friends, uh, you know, a few episodes ago. And, like, I don't think we really talked about Gothitelle or this line at all, really. But I think it's cute. I think it's, I think it's uh, maybe not cute, but I think, it's, I think it's a cool design, of course. I love its design. I think I mentioned... That when we went over it, that I really, really enjoy its design. Uh, sort of the goth Lolita, uh, you know, kind of um, design. It's very, very interesting. And its its shiny form is, you know, uh, kind of underwhelming. <laughs> it's not really that uh, not really that cool. Literally, the only thing that changes on it is it, it's the black just turns to like a dark blue. Kind of like a purpley dark blue. It's not very good. It's not even like there's nothing that what what do I even say? It just turn it just becomes dark blue. None of the skin colors change. None of the white color changes. Nothing changes. It's just it's just dark blue, and because of that, I'm going to rate it a four out of ten. Yeah, four out of ten seems nice. It's not too bad. Like it looks cool, but not because it's a shiny. It just kind of looks like cool like it's normal form i don't know four out of ten seems fitting it's just it's just yeah it's kind of bleh uh moving on to the uh competitive nature of got the tell um it is uh untiered which i believe just means it doesn't really go anywhere uh but the for the format for uh got the tell there's actually two there is pu which is the lowest tier, and then there's Uber, uh, which I will go over in a minute. Um, but its stats are uh, 70 HP, 55 attack, 95 defense, 95 special attack, 110 special defense, and 65 speed. 
Uh, and its abilities, of course, are competitive, frisk, and its hidden ability, shadow tag. Uh, so the PU, uh, actually, you know, I will go over the Uber first because you need to know this a little bit, a little bit of background first. So this is written by Nixon73. Um, so it is an Uber. It says, Gothitelle, it's known for its ability to trap and dispose of passive Pokemon that form the defensive backbone of stall and balance teams, including support Arceus Forms, Chansey, Ferrothorn, defensive Necrozma DM, uh, which is Dawn Main, Dusk Main, whatever, the Solgaleo one, uh, Lunala, <laughs> L not Lunala, Lugia, sorry, and numerous other Pokemon. Uh, the wide range of Pokemon it can trap allows it to fit on both offensive and defensive teams, where it can clear away the stops of sweepers such as Mega Salamence or support a more anti-offense-oriented backbone with an edge against stall teams. This flexibility is bolstered by it not needing a Mega Slaughter Z-Crystal in contract to the tier's other prominent trapper in Mega Gengar. I think this is the first Uber that we've talked about, and the only reason why it's an Uber is because of Shadow Tag, where... It, uh, Shadow Tag, of course, uh, it prevents, prevents the opposing Pokemon from switching out, uh, which was banned from, uh, anything other than Uber, because it's, um, because it's too overpowered, <laughs> which is why it's in Uber, which is why it's untiered, uh, because Shadow Tag is extremely overpowered, even in Uber, even when you're fighting against the best of the best, it's still overpowered, uh, which is why Mega Gengar is also Uber, and many other shadow tag Pokemon are Uber, um, because you just you can just stall and and uh, completely you know suck away the Pokemon's PP until it just you know until you can take it down. Uh, so I'll finish the description here. Gothitelle's trapping range notably includes many other many of the tier's best defoggers, which provides a strong matchup against archetypes weak to Stealth Rock, such as Ho-Oh. Gothitelle can also be used as a hard punish option against choice item users, notably. It can trap and revenge kill Yveltal, locked into Defog or Oblivion Wing, and Choice Scarf Xerneas, both prominent Pokemon in the tier. So it can, because of Shadow Tag, uh, if a Pokemon is Scarfed, uh, or Choice, I mean, uh, it, can only uses, it can only use one move uh, until it switches out again. So once it uses a move, it cannot use any other move other than that one. Uh, so you could have a Pokemon like, like such as um, Yveltal, say, come in, uh, use Defog, against the um against the gothitelle and then you or against any pokemon to get rid of stealth rock or anything you know entry hazards and then you switch into gothitelle the yveltal is stuck in defog and can't use anything else and it can't switch out because of gothitelle shadow tech uh furthermore Gothitelle can switch out after depriving a foe of all of its useful moves, providing a teammate with a true free turn against a completely helpless opponent. However, Gothitelle leads no defensive utility to any team, which can make it difficult to fit into many archetypes. Its low bulk makes it rely on free switches and risky reads to conduct some of its traps. Gothitelle provides far more, far more utility against defensive and balanced archetypes and is often relegated to death fodder against hyper-offense teams. Overall, Gothitelle is difficult to fit into most archetypes and is not particularly good as a standalone Pokemon, but its unique niche as a trapper or passive Pokemon is devastating in a team built around taking advantage of it, making it a feared Pokemon in the tier. Well, that is fitting uh, for the Halloween episode. It is horrifying. This, you know, Gothitelle just 
keeps you trapped in there. It doesn't let you leave. It just whittles you down little by little. Uh, so the move set uh, that they are talking about with this Uber team is uh, Confide, Charm, Taunt, Rest, uh, Leftovers item, Shadow Tag is its ability, of course, uh, Calm Nature, which is plus special defense minus attack, 244 HP EVs, 108 defense EVs, 156 special defense EVs. Uh, yeah, that is the Uber. And then on the total other side of the spectrum uh, is the PU, where Shadow Tag is banned. Uh, once the bane of Oras OU, the Shadow Tag ban doomed Gothitelle to being unviable even in PU. Now that it is unable to trap its foe, it is unlikely to get a good opportunity to set up, which means it has trouble getting past the tier's dark types like Skuntank. In addition, its only decent bulk paired up with its subpar special attack makes it outclassed by a multitude of other psychic types like Alolan Raichu and Musharna. Uh, that was written by Jajokra. Uh, and the, uh, the moveset that they use for PU is Psychic, Thunderbolt, Hidden Power Ground, and Calm Mind. Colberberry uh, as an item, which Colberberry, uh, I believe, halves damage taken from a super effective dark type attack. Uh, competitive as its ability, which uh, the Pokemon special attack is raised by, raised by two stages for each attack, each of its stat stat stages that is lowered by an opposing Pokemon. Um, nature is either modest, which is minus, plus special attack minus attack, or timid, which is plus speed minus attack. Uh, 252 special attack EVs, 4 special defense EVs, and 252 speed EVs. Uh, it says, Gothitelle attempts to be a calm mind wall breaker with decent coverage, but it fails to carve out a niche due to its poor stats. The only reason to use Gothitelle over Alolan Raichu or even Musharna would be its competitive ability, but it's not enough to make Gothitelle viable, and the aforementioned duo are ob objectively better choices for psychic types. Well, seems like Gothitelle kind of got the uh, short end of the stick on that one. It was a horrible, feared mess <laughs> in Uber. With, before the shadow tag ban and then poor Gothitelle just got left in the dirt with uh with PU very sad poor Gothitelle uh anyway that is going to do it for the random Pokemon of the week I hope you enjoyed and we're gonna get on to the main segment of today's spooky Halloween episode which is uh of course type review uh the ghost type <laughs> You know, fittingly for the Halloween season. Uh, if you remember, a few a uh, few episodes ago, I believe two episodes ago, I did a type review episode as the first uh, of the 18 that we have planned, or I have planned, um, where we talk about one of the 18 types uh, every time. Uh, and this episode is for ghost type. Uh, so ghost type is one of the 18 types. Prior to changes in Generation 4, uh, all damaging ghost type moves are physical, but then may now be special depending on the attack. So that is because of the physical special split in Gen 4, where um, it, it was determined the the whether or not a move is physical or special was determined on what type it was. Uh, so anyway, uh, ghost type has a uh, overall average. Pokemon uh, stat average of 447 uh, and a fully evolved average of 506 which is pretty good 
Um, special uh, defense is actually its highest stat in both of them, which is very interesting. Defense is its highest stat uh, in the ghost type average. Uh, and uh, speed is its lowest at 71. So ghost type is uh, one of the... One, one of the, uh, I believe, two types, the other one being dragon, that is super effective against itself. So ghost is super effective against ghost. So from generations two to five, um, ghost is super effective against ghost and psychic. It is not very effective against dark and steel. And it has no effect on the normal type. And uh, defensively, uh, bug and poison... Uh, are not very effective against ghost. Uh, dark and ghost are not very effective against ghost. Uh, and normal and fighting have no effect against ghost. And interestingly, they removed the steel. Uh, they re they removed ghost being super not very effective against steel in Generation Six. I don't know why. <laughs> I didn't know about that. So so you know in Generation Two to Five. Uh, dark or ghost was not very effective against dark and steel, and now the only type that ghost is not very effective against is is a uh, is a uh, steel. It also says in Generation Six onwards that ghost type Pokemon are now immune to effects to prevent recall or escape, such as mean look and shadow attack. They are also guaranteed to flee from any wild Pokemon battle, regardless of speed. I didn't know that. That's very so. If you ever need a Pokemon like that, if you ever like shiny hunting or something, you need to run away from things automatically. Use a ghost type. I didn't know that was a thing. That's I. I you know, you learn something new every day. That's really really cool. Um. So, uh, I'm just gonna read some things uh directly off Bulbapedia. Uh. So ghost is the only type with more than one immunity. However, these immunities can be removed by foresight, odor sleuth, or scrappy. As a generation six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that was just the same thing we talked about earlier. Uh, ghost types are also unique in the fact that they have a type-specific attack, Curse, which works differently for ghost-type Pokemon than it does for other Pokemon. The move Trick or Treat adds the ghost type to the target's types. Right. Uh, offensively, ghost is ineffective against normal. The immunity can be ignored by Foresight or Odor Sleuth. Uh, since Steel-type no longer resists ghost-type attacks in Generation 6, Ghost is tied with Dragon for the least resisted type. No Pokemon resists a combination of fighting and ghost type attacks, as the only combination capable of this has never materialized. Normal and ghost. There's never been a normal ghost Pokemon. Interesting. Uh, in contests, ghost type Pokemon are typically clever moves, but some may be any of the other contest conditions. Uh, as of Generation 7, there are 46 ghost type Pokemon or 5.7% of all Pokemon, making it the second rarest of the 18 types, only above ice. Interesting. Uh, so there's only 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 pure ghost-type Pokemon. Uh, and those are Misdreavus and Shepet, uh, Banette and Mega Banette, Duskull and Dusclops, uh, Miss Magus, Dusk Noir, Yamask, Cofagrigus, and the new one, Poltegeist. Man, like, it's interesting that there's, that there's only that many. There's only very little pure ghost-type Pokemon. I always thought that Dusknoir was, was like Dark Ghost, but no, just Ghost. Uh, and 
the half ghost type Pokemon, primary ghost type Pokemon, of course, the you know the original three, the very first and only ghost type Pokemon in Generation One, uh, Ghastly, Haunter, and Gengar, as as well as Mega Gengar. Uh, there's Drifloon and Drifblim, Spiritomb, which is one of my favorite Pokemon, which I've talked about before. Uh, Giratina, uh, you know, Giratina uh, altered form and origin form. There's Litwick, Lampen, and Chandelure, who are Ghost Fire. Phantup and Trevenant, and Pumpkaboo and Gorgeist, which are Ghost Grass. Uh, Oracorio, the only other uh, Ghost Flying, I believe. You know, there's Drifloon, Drifloon, and then uh, Oracorio. Sensu style, of course. Uh, Sandigast and Palisand, who are the only Ghost Grounds. Nope, that's not true. There is, um... There's a uh, Golet and Golurk. Don't listen to me. Uh, Mimikyu, who is the only Ghost Fairy. There's Delmize, who is another Ghost Grass. Uh, there's Alolan Marowak, who's Fire Ghost. Shirenja, who is the only Bug Grass. Uh, Sableye and Mega Sableye, who are the only other Dark Ghosts other than Spiritum. Frostloss, Rotom, uh, Frillish, who I always forget that Frillish and Jellicent are Ghost type. They do not seem like ghost type. I mean, it makes sense because they're jellyfish, but like, come on. They're, you know, they're, I mean, it makes sense, but it's just, it's just weird. You never think about the fact that they're ghost type. I want to use a jellycent on like a team. If I ever replay through uh, Black White or Black White 2, I will most definitely use a jellycent on my team. Uh, Golet and Golurk. There's a Honage, Dewblade, and Aegislash. Um, Hoopa Confined is Psychic Ghost, while I believe that Hoopa Unbound is Dark Psychic, so, uh, Hoopa loses his, uh, ghost type. There's Decidueye, who is Grass Ghost, uh, Lunala and Dawn Wings, Necrozma, who is Psychic Ghost, uh, and there is Marshadow, who is Fighting Ghost, and Blacephalon, who are Fire Ghost. Prior to Generation 5, all of Rotom's forms were ghost type like its base form. Wait, really? So like Heat Rotom. So were they all were they all like flying ghost or electric? Interesting. Oh, it's it's electric ghost type regardless of its form. That's interesting. So after So after Generation 4 and Generation 5, they changed Heat Wash Frost Fan and Mo Rotom to Electric, fire, water, ice, flying, and grass, respectively. That's very interesting. I didn't know that. Wow. So, so if you if you're playing Gen Four and you're using a Rotom, no matter what form, no matter what form it's in, uh, it's always going to be just Electric Ghost. Wow. Interesting. Uh, so for moves, there is Astonish. Nice. <laughs> uh, Confuse Ray, Curse. Destiny Bond, Grudge, Hex, Lick, Menacing Moonray's Maelstrom, which is, I believe, uh, Lunala's Z-move. Uh, there's Moongeist Beam, which is Lunala's signature move. Um, Neverending Nightmare, which is the ghost Z-type move, Z, you know, Z-power. Uh, Nightshade, Nightmare, Ominous Wind. Phantom Force, Shadow Paw, Shadow Bone, Shadow Claw, Shadow Force, Shadow Punch, Shadow Sneak, Sinister Arrow Raid, which is Decidueye Z-Power, 
Soul Stealing Seven Star Strike, which is wow, that is a alliteration if I've ever heard one. That is Marsh Shadows, I believe. Uh, Spectral Thief, which is also Marsh Shadows' signature move. Soul Stealing Seven Star Strike is um, Marsh Shadows' e move. Wow, let's try saying Soul Stealing Seven Star Strike five times in a row fast. Uh, there's Spirit Shackle, which I believe is just a ghost type move. Uh, there's Spite, and there's Trick or Treat, which is Trick or Treat is probably the most interesting ghost type move of them all. Because if you don't know, it change it gives the Pokemon ghost type. So like you could even, you, like you could, um, be like a you know say like a Mudkip or a Swampert, say water 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 ground. You could have a third type if if a if a Pokemon I believe uh, Pompkaboo and uh, Gorgeist. Yeah, it's a signature move of uh, Gorgeist. If they use it on you, you become. Ghost type, because you have three types, which is very, very interesting. Um, I really, really like that move. I've used it a little bit in, uh, in like, Pokemon Showdown. When I was doing, like, gimmicky teams, I used a Gorgeist with a uh, Trick or Treat. It's very fun. Uh, so there are abilities, ghost type abilities. There's only, or not ghost type abilities. Abilities don't have types. Uh, there's abilities that interact with ghost types, interestingly. Uh, a Pokemon with color change. Protean, Imposter, RKS system, or multi-type will become ghost type will become ghost type Pokemon if, respectively, it is hit with a ghost type move, uses a ghost type move, uh, is sent out against a ghost type opponent, is holding a ghost memory, or holding a spooky plate, or ghost TMZ. Uh, since generation five six, all Pokemon are also immune to Magnet Pull, Arena Trap, and Shadow Tag. Uh, so there is rattled which is a Gen 5 ability. It raises speed one stage upon being hit by a dark ghost or bug type move. Interesting. I guess it's because it's like, it's spooky. Those are like the common fears. The fear of the dark, fear of ghosts, and fear of bugs. Uh, there's Scrappy, which enables normal and fighting type moves to hit ghost type Pokemon. And this, there is Cursed Body, which only ghost type Pokemon can have these abilities. Uh, it has a 30% chance of disabling any move that hits the Pokemon. I believe that Cursed Body is Gengar's signature ability? Maybe not just Gengar. Gengar was the first one to have it. It is also uh, Lolan Marowak's first ability, and the rest of them, Shuppet, Banette, Frostlass, Frillish, and Gelsent, are all either secondary or hidden abilities. Um, and there are many notable Ghost-type trainers. Uh, there is the... Pretty much all of them are Elite Four and Gym Leaders, which is cool. Uh, there was uh, Agatha of the... A Gen 1, who, funny enough, I always thought it was really funny. When I was replaying through Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, when you're fighting Agatha, because Gen 1 only has three, um, three ghost-type Pokemon, one, one fully evolved ghost-type Pokemon named Gengar, I think it's really funny that Agatha uses, like, I believe, like, Arbok and, like, some poison-type Pokemon. Like, she may as well have just been a poison-type Pokemon. Like, why would you make a, a ghost-type gym leader when there's literally only one ghost-type Pokemon, you know? So I believe she used... Let me actually look. And I know in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, she used... Um, Yeah, okay. In, uh, in Pokemon Red and Blue and Pokemon Yellow, she uses Gengar... Uh, a Haunter, a second Gengar, Golbat, and Arbok. Uh, and then in, Le in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, she uses two Gengars, a Weezing, an Arbok, and a Golbat. 
She also uses an Alolan Marowak in the rematch, which is interesting. I forgot that, uh, I forgot that they also had, uh, Alolan Marowak in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, but there wasn't, there wasn't uh, Alolan Marowak in the original games. Uh, so there's Morty in Generation 2, who is the, uh, Equitique gym leader. Uh, there's Phoebe in Generation 3, who is the Elite, Joseph Elite 4. There's Fantina, who is the Hearth Home gym leader in Generation 4. Uh, Chantal. Chantal? Chantal? Who knows? Uh, who's the Elite Four in the Unova Pokemon League? Uh, Isarola, who's the Trial Captain and also Elite Four in Alola. And Alistair for Sword and Shield. And only Shield. <laughs> uh, so we'll go over some... Um, we'll go over some trivia for Ghost-type Pokemon. Uh, and then I believe that's all we can really have to talk about today. Uh, so, in Generation 7, introduced the most Ghost-type Pokemon of any generation, with 11. Generation 2 introduced the fewest Ghost-type Pokemon with only one, who I believe is uh, Mistrevious. Generation 7 also introduced the most Ghost-type moves of any generation, with 8. And Generation 5 introduced the fewest Ghost-type moves with only one. What was the Ghost-type move introduced in Generation 5? Hex. Hex was the only ghost type move introduced in Generation 5. In interesting. Uh, actually, before we go on, before we move on, uh, there's some items we have to talk about. Of course, there's the uh, the ghost gem, ghost memory, the ghost MZ, uh, the spooky plate, which we talked about, you know, it gives different Pokemon like Arceus and uh, Silvalli and, you know, powers up ghost type moves, all that stuff. But there's also the, uh, the Grecious Orb, which uh, allows uh, Garatina to change form and also powers up dragon and ghost type moves when hit when it is held. Uh, there's the Cassid Berry, which will lessen damage taken from one super effective ghost type attack. And the Spell Tag, which um, boosts the power of ghost type moves. Is, here's, here's an interesting question. How many, how many ghost type legendaries are there? There's Hoopa. There's Lunala, who I will also just count as Necrozma. Marshadow, so three so far. And then Giratina, so like four. Not many. Not many, which is interesting. Uh, anyway, in Generation 1, Ghost-type moves have no effect on Psychic-type Pokemon. Through an abundance of evidence suggests that this may have been an error. Multiple sources mention that Ghost-type moves are super effective on Psychic-type Pokemon. Official strategy guides published by Nintendo, two episodes of the anime, and even the games them themselves where a trainer in the Saffron Gym mentions that Psychic-type Pokemon only fear bugs and ghosts, though the reference to Ghost-type Pokemon was removed in Pokemon Yellow. This was corrected in po Generation 2 to make Ghost Move actually super effective against Psychic-type Pokemon. That's why Psychic-type moves were so... Psychic-type Pokemon were so overpowered in Generation 1, because... It, they were the, the psychic type moves. Pokemon, I mean, are arguably the most overpowered uh, type in Pokemon history <laughs> in Generation One, uh, and it's because Ghost types were supposed to be super effective, super effective, but they weren't. Um, there are no Ghost type moves with an accuracy lower than one hundred percent. 
while the ghost type has an immunity to her normal type moves, several damaging moves that display as normal can affect them, including hidden power and struggle. Right. Because hidden power's move, you know, type varies depending on where you are uh, or not, not where you are, um, your IVs and stuff. So, it, you know, that, that makes perfect sense. From Generation 6 onwards, it is not possible for any Pokemon to possess a double resistance to Ghost. The only Pokemon possible, the only Pokemon to possess a double resistance in previous generations are Ponyard and Bisharp, both of which are Dark Steel. Oh, that makes sense because they removed the Steel type resistance to Ghost. The Ghost type is the only type immune to two types. Uh, Kalos is the only region without a Noble Ghost type specialist. Oh, that's right. All the other generations have like uh, gym leaders and elite fours, but Kalos doesn't have one. In Pokemon Conquest, Ghost-type Pokemon, which are not part-flying, have Levitate, are shown with an animation of physically passing through enemies, referencing the common belief that real-life ghosts can pass through solid objects. They cannot, however, pass through any other obstacle on the field in-game. Ghost and Dark are super effective against the same types. As a Generation 6, the only difference between them is that Dark-type moves are not super effective on Fighting or Fairy, while Ghost-type ghost -type moves do not affect normal Pokemon. As shown in the anime Sun and Moon series, Ghost-type Pokemon, despite their name, have lifespans and can die? This was first mentioned in Why Not Give Me a Z-Wing Sometime, where Acerola revealed that her shiny Mimikyu, Mimikins, is in fact the ghost of, her dece of a deceased Mimikyu. What? So Acerola's shiny Mimikyu is the ghost of a Mimikyu. Of a ghost. <laughs> Later, in a timeless encounter, it is revealed that Professor Kukli once had befriended a totem trevenant that he nicknamed Elder. It is revealed that Elder had passed away sometime afterwards, its body now a regular tree. What in the world? That is insane. I'm more... I, I, see, I don't watch the anime, so maybe that's like common sense, but I really like the thought... I think it's really funny that a... Ghost type Pokemon, as in Mimikyu, died and became a Mimikyu. <laughs> okay. Uh, all ghost type moves are eligible to be used in Sky Battles. Fun. So, what do I think of ghost type? I believe last time we, we rated them, so I'm going to rate ghost types. I think ghost types are cool. I say that about literally everything, but like, I mean, they're not my favorite. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of cool ghost type Pokemon out there. There's a lot of cool references to like folk tales and stuff like that, which I really appreciate with with a lot of ghost types. And overall, I just think that their concept is really interesting. It's not normally something that you see, you know, in like in standard video games. You normally see with like with a bunch of different types and like attributes and stuff. You normally see in like death type, you know, like death realm and like death attributes death magic but this is like instead of death it's like it's ghost you know it's 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 very interesting it's it's a cool take on it and i really appreciate the difference between them and it, it feels different when i ghost types don't feel like death you know they don't feel like necromancy they feel like ghosts and i like i like it uh, i'm gonna say i believe last time we rated fairy like a seven out of ten me and Max are like a 7.5 out of 10. I'm going to say, I'm going to give it another 7. I think 7 is is good. Ghost types are cool. They're not my favorite, but they're most definitely a little bit more exciting than other types. So, uh, last but not least, to end off the episode, uh, we're going to go over uh, the last segment of today, which is Move Tutor. 
uh, everybody's favorite segment where we talk about a random move every episode. Um, this one is f- number 460, which is Spatial Rend, which is Palkia's signature move. Uh, in Japanese, it is called Subspace Tear. Tear, I guess. Uh, subspace Tear, Spatial Rend, is a damage-dealing Dragon-type move introduced in Generation 4. It is the signature move of Palkia. Uh, it is a PP of 5, uh, a, pa- a power of 100, uh, an accuracy of 95%. Spatial Rend deals damage and has an increased critical hit ratio. Spatial Rend can also be used as part of a contra- contest spectacular combination with the user gaining extra 3 appeal points if the move's focus energy... A- energy... Focus energy, focus energy was used in the prior turn. That's it. <laughs> uh, it says in uh, everything up to diamond and pearl, the user tears the foe along with the space around it. This move is a high critical hit ratio. Uh, and in black, white, and onwards, it says the user tears the target along with space around it. Critical hits land more easily. Uh, the only three Pokemon that are that are able to learn Spatial Rend are Palkia, Darkrai. Palkia by leveling up, and Darkrai and Arceus uh, in event. Which makes sense for Arce- Arceus, because Arceus created Palkia, but Darkrai I don't really understand. Uh, in Mystery Dungeon, Spatial Rend hits all opposing Pokemon in the room. Oh my god, Jesus. It has an increased critical ratio. That's insane. And in Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo 3DS and Wii U, when summoned, Palkia uses Spatial Rend to flip the stage perspective temporarily. The attack can also damage fighters when making contact. Oh my god, I remember that move. That I'm glad they didn't bring that back in Ultimate. Because Jesus Christ. That was the problem. It was like, because when you, when you get Palkia in Smash, it's like a detriment to everybody. Not just... Not just it's, it's, it's a detriment to you as well, you know? It's not just everyone else. It's everyone it's very annoying anyway i think that is going to do it for me today i hope you all enjoyed this spooky episode of extreme evocast <laughs> uh and i thank you all for listening um have a great halloween everybody and i will see you in the next one bye